0: Hi! Hello, my friends. Welcome to Too Much Information with Sean Arnold. This week, I'm Sean Arnold, and I have a guest that I'm looking forward to talking to you very much. Um, I, I actually, since I knew I was going to do this, I, I thought, I sat down and literally committed time to thinking about how I was going to introduce him. Because he's one of the most unique <laughs> human beings I've ever known um, and has done a lot of cool stuff. Just what I know, and I know I'm certainly no expert on him, but just of the things I know are very extraordinary and cool. So rather than me try to ham-hand something, I went to his website, which is iamtray.com, and it says author, life coach, extreme weirdo which is just about the best way I can think to maybe lay it down succinctly. My guest today, Trey Humphreys. What's up, man?
1: How are you, my friend? How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and um the extreme weirdo pretty much nails it on the <laughs> on the nose.
0: I mean, it's um one of the things that to just get right into it. Um <laughs> th- there are things that I have I think learned a little more later in life. And one of them, and I don't know if this is, if this is universally, it's not universally true. Cause I know a lot of people, but self-awareness is a, is a, is a pretty extraordinary thing, right? Like when you can look at yourself and, and actually have a pretty true and clear sort of like recognition of who you are. And mm-hmm. I think people struggle with that. I think it's something I've gotten better at. But that phrase of you saying, yeah, man, I'm a weirdo, like knowing though you've all even when we were babies, right, running around in Atlanta, you know what I mean? As young, young people, I feel like you've always sort of had this pretty sort of strong weird, total weird, but grasp on who you are, like, and comfortability and grasp on like, this is who I am. I'm fine with it. Like, let's, you know, let's that's, roll. <laughs> it's, it's
1: weird in self-actualization is a scary place, right? Mm-hmm. When we, when we start looking at who we are, it can be a, a scary place. And then learning how to own who we are is a, even a complete nightmare sometimes. And what I've come to the conclusion for myself, and I don't know about you, is I've always kind of, you know, my past with the mascot stuff and being a DJ and all that stuff, I've always hid behind things, right? So I've had a mask on or I've had a -hmm. DJ rig in front of me or a bar. So I don't know if I knew who I was back then or not. I just (laughs) always known I'm a complete weirdo. So that is a fact. And now it's time to own it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, again, it's an amazing thing. And just as he touched on, I mean... Some background things, I mean, on bars, DJs, mascot for the Atlanta Falcons, mascot at Auburn, am I correct? Now? At Auburn,
1: correct. Um,
0: I don't know if that's Auburn. like double secret, if someone's going to kill me now. I know that that stuff, but, or is it only uh, a super this, secret while you're doing it?
1: This will be your last podcast episode. Yes. The authorities are going to show up at your house or wherever you
0: are. Well, War Eagle or whatever, maybe that'll get me up. <laughs> um, so... uh um, and then of course entrepreneur right which I know people sort of get caught up in the uh, caught up in the silliness and the fun but there's certainly some method to the madness right and there's some rhyme rhyme and reason in there like you have to make a living and do your thing and- I,
1: yeah man I guess you do I don't know I'm still trying to figure that one out <laughs> aren't, I, aren't I, I have been an entrepreneur but I've I tell people I've never been interested in business ever that's it's just. Interesting. It's just, boy, it's so boring to me. (laughs) So I've always tried to combine fun and with making a little money to keep supporting the fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also, and you've traveled extensively, right? So you've been all over the place. And I don't mean all over the country, I mean all over the world. So, um, I would imagine that that sort of this is something that shared with my wife i mean we we actually play a game that's pretty funny every year during the Olympics where um I pull out a little notepad and every time a country walks out on the screen she's been to like I do a check mark yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. I think that it's at last count it was like it was fifty five or fifty eight or some nice some extraordinary number right um it's amazing, and I've been to like two
1: Canada Uh,
0: yeah no uh (laughs) London and um well a couple places in the Caribbean but like I'd take that back it's probably three but um but I think that also probably has the benefit of like perspective right like that sort of being able to see other like cultures and and even though I haven't been a lot of places I have tried really hard to be again back to self-awareness to recognize kind of uh the world is a big place i mean even the country is a big place right with lots yeah. of different people but the world that's a whole other ball game
1: it's a, it's a different world out there Sean. it's a different world out there <laughs> and there's you know it's been fun you know, i've been traveling a lot past 3 years extensively to some crazy places um and you know seeing s- some things that no one will ever see in their lifetime <laughs> which of I don't know if I'm fortunate or lucky or, uh, still alive, but, uh, it is always cool to see how other people live just to put things into perspective. Right. Just to kind of, you know, if we're all caught up in our bubble we, and we don't know how the rest of the world operates, it, you know, it can get a little daunting, I think for, for us.
0: Yeah. And so you're actually, Trey's actually coming to us live for me, taped for you, um, from Mexico at the moment. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: That is correct. We are in Tulum, Mexico. We did my a couple of my friends and I decided that since it's extremely hot in Atlanta and extremely <laughs> hot in Mexico, we choose Mexico. Same, thing. for the month. Same for one. the month, and <laughs> so we actually kind of decided to get out of town because of the virus. Everything shut down. Everybody's staying at home. So we, we negotiated a great deal on an Airbnb, a big house down here in Tulum, and. Decided to come down here and, and work on some creative projects and kind of, kind of, get out of Atlanta for a minute.
0: So just for the sake of, because as you might know, a lot of people that listen to this are probably people that we know because you know I only about nine people listen to this and they're my friends. Um, but, I guarantee you, we'll bump it to ten. Yeah, there you go. We want to. I've try. got a following of one. They perfect. Um, so I, I increased my viewership by twelve uh, percent today. Um, when this comes, you're a math whiz. That's right. Um, it's probably 11 and change, but you know, who's counting? Um, I want for the benefit of a lot of those, that crew, I want to sort of, for me, go back. And this is a question, believe it or not, I've always wanted to ask you, and I don't think it ever really presented itself. And this is probably a question that's a little bit akin to when musicians come on to radio shows and the lazy ass interviewer says, tell me who your influences are. It's, it's probably that it's a question. In other words, it's a question you've answered probably 86,000 times, but John,
1: I've never been on, on a podcast. This is my first time. On you a have podcast. your this own is first time. Anybody's ever talked to me, you have so. your
0: own podcast. I don't know. Well, wanna...
1: <laughs> <laughs> mind. Yeah. I take that back. Sorry.
0: Um, so for those of Trey was one of the progenitors. I think I use that word correctly. Not, it's not correct actually, but I think it's a good, uh, askance way to use it. Um, of the fur bus. So, for those of you that are our age and were involved in the Atlanta social scene at all, this is you, the fur bus is a ubiquitous entity, right? It's something that was everywhere somehow magically. You had 7,000 buses, they were all over the place all the time. But I'm just really curious as to how. Like, because I feel like, was that sort of your first, like, I'm trying to remember, I don't know the timelines, but I feel like that was like one of your first sort of things like that just sort of you guys put together. Like, I guess I know you said business, but it was fun, but that was pretty early on. Right. In your, in your sort of career. of In
1: in my career. Do you have a career? I I don't think I've ever had a career and it's kind of bothered me.
0: I mean I kind of do yeah I sort of went I started the creative route early and then the bar and had and then you know bought Roberts and sort of did that whole thing and then got You're out a of there and, and then I went the full like yeah because I work in IT you know so like I've been doing that for 12 years now so I sort of just sold all the way out but um, <laughs> but I still do stuff like this to not let my soul completely die you understand what I'm saying perfect, like, so, perfect. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like you, it was, a, I guess a business, you know, I know you were doing other stuff and you've worked, I'm not saying that, but I mean, you, you've had these creative pursuits and I feel like that one was pretty early right in the game. The whole, the bus thing.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, everything I tell everybody, everything I've ever done has happened by accident, which is fine. Um, and I've had a very unorthodox quote unquote career path. I graduated from Auburn where I was a mascot, as you mentioned before, um, with a zoology degree. And let me tell you where a zoology degree <laughs> will get you. It'll get you nowhere. So, I interned at the Atlanta Zoo and I worked with the gorillas and the orangutans, which was kind of cool because they those animals were smarter than I was. So, it was a, it was fun to play games with them in the holding areas in the back.
0: So, what so what you're saying at, is after, what you're saying is with our friend group, you had experience you were hanging out with gorillas yes. and orangutans. So when yes. you start hanging out with all of us, you're totally comfortable.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's where I got my experience handling human beings' personalities is it the zoo. Um, but yeah, and I, I decided then that everybody around me had been working there for 25 years and we're making $8 an hour. And I was like, oh, man. And it's a very monotonous job, truthfully, being a zookeeper. So I kind of decided that wasn't the route. And I went to bartending school, you know, one of the little where you pay five hundred bucks and oh, yeah. you go through for two two weeks. So no idea how to bartend, went through this little bartending school and got a job at the most notorious strip club in Atlanta, the gold <laughs>
0: club. I did Group not know club. this. That's amazing. Yes. I worked at the gold club
1: for three or four months. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, mafia run. I don't know if I should say that. Mafia run. I think they're all in prison now. Or dead. Or dead. Run like a machine. I learned more about business from those guys than anything else in my life, really. (laughs) So I was bartending there, and I became the mascot for the Falcons, which had some flexibility. And in that time, me and my dumb friends decided to drive a school bus to Vegas for New Year's. (laughs) <laughs> lo and behold the fur bus was born
0: wait what was the gas number like for a school bus drive to vegas <laughs> what do you get like three get, miles a gallon in one of those things
1: is there was four of us we drove to vegas we made the inside of the bus was completely made out of fur obviously because the year prior we bought an old limo and furred the inside painted it pink cut the top off with a saw we <laughs> rented it at home depot i remember that but thing. it it died and then so we bought a little bus and that bus was not good on gas (laughs) at all but the worst part of the whole trip was you're driving to vegas in a bus the damn thing doesn't go 40 miles an hour because it's a little (laughs) school bus it bounces the whole way so if you're in the back you can't sleep you just have to sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours so it was quite an adventure.
0: So everybody so had was. everybody had hemorrhoids from terrible from the terrible uh the ch- ch- uh suspension system in the bus. It cost much. it cost three times the cost of a flight to get to Vegas because of gas. Wow. So your nice. so your business acumen at this point is just sky high. You you have
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean Wharton and Harvard were calling me, um, but I declined. Because my business acumen was so high at this point.
0: So is that just like a, where it was like? Did 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 you tell people what you were gonna? do? Oh, and for my listeners in Denmark, the fur bus were were it, they were effectively a, a party bus or a transportation you can rent out for the evening to take you around to bars and. Concerts and I assume whatever And again it was fur lined it had a driver There was music it had a disco ball inside Well the ones I've been in did you know places You could store stuff not that you anybody Was drinking while they were driving around But you know um, it was set Up to just be transport um, And it was super very Unique it was pre Uber this was pre For my millennials oh, yeah. that are Listening this is before <laughs> This is before you could just order up a car On your phone right if you wanted to just get right. from place to place Um, so the, did you guys just go, Oh, wow. I think people would, this, this was, I think people would ride around in this thing. Is that how that was born?
1: Uh, So we drove the bus to Vegas and when we got back to Atlanta, people, the bus was so obnoxious. Everybody (laughs) was curious about it. Right. So if you ever do anything, millennials make an obnoxious business. So... (laughs) it just got popular in Atlanta and people just started calling it the fur bus. And eventually it got so popular. We were taking money under the table to drive people around. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe, maybe we should turn this into a legitimate business. So we bought two more, um, two more buses and, and turned it into a business. And that was, I guess we're 21 years. Buses are, they're still rocking. Oh, they're still st- going.
0: They're still going even.
1: I built nineteen of those buses over the past twenty years. That's crazy. Wow. That's a lot of fake fur, my friend.
0: Uh, that is a lot of fake fur. I, I, I knew the fleet was substantial. I did not know it was it was nineteen. Um, we're
1: we're up there with Delta Airlines mm. for the listeners that know of that company. Uh, Same number of vehicles, except for y-
0: except for you guys did not wear a purple um, suits. Uh, purple. No you know, outfits when you were, um,
1: nor did we have a safety video at the beginning of our ride.
0: <laughs> you probably should have.
1: Uh, yeah. I thought about it. That, actually. That's
0: actually something you should load up now that you can, especially <laughs> you, these days with the, you know, you just get your little thumb drive or whatever in the TV, you kick that thing right off. Um, yeah, actually that's a good idea. That I is. It. That <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, it is, it, it's amazing my experience and, and I've, done some entrepreneurial things and, you know, talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, how, how ideas are born. Um, yeah. my experience has been, and this may, you know, pivot slightly more towards what you're doing today, which yeah. I also want to talk about, um, is my experience is, is there are actually people that have a lot of really good ideas. Um, I think executing on the idea is honestly probably the great, I think that's in more short supply, perhaps, than ideas themselves, right? The, oh,
1: 100%. Someone to 100%. say,
0: okay, I daydream this thing, but now what do I got to do to go out and make it actually occur, right? Manifest it into something that's, that's real. Yeah, it's
1: like, what do you think? I agree with you 100%. What do you think prevents m- most people from going from idea to actually trying it?
0: I feel like it's probably two things I, and I, and they're a little bit correlated or interrelated. I mean, I think fear um, is probably a big one, right? Um, okay. Because of unknowns and, you know, there could be fiscal fear, you know, or if it involves investment, you know, and a, a chance okay. at loss, right. Um, people that are risk averse, which I think most people are. Um, and then I think the second thing is it's, I believe it's probably tied to self-esteem things right people True. Say, yeah that's a good point saying yeah it's a great idea but i don't have any confidence in my ability to make this it's too big for me i'm not smart enough i'm not savvy right. enough i'm not whatever which that's where the extreme weirdo bit in all right in all seriousness but i mean gives you a massive advantage because it's sort of the well i don't you know who cares, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't. Who cares, right? Like, oh
1: <laughs> well, yeah. It's, you know, it's for me. It's I'm down here in in um, Mexico with a friend of mine who actually wrote a book on fears, right? And, and eight fears and how we overcome fears and battle with them and grapple with them and all that stuff and keep them from not limiting limiting us. And for me, it's the weirdo part is I'm just weird enough to try. To start a bus company, or try to write a book, or to try to start a podcast, right? And if it doesn't work out, it's just a weird thing I did. No big deal, right? It's permission—permission permission to fail, or what we call permission to be awful, because everybody's awful in the beginning, you know. Well, so and, who gives a shit, right? And, yeah, like, and, who gives a
0: shit? Yeah, just and, do it. And everyone fucking fail. Like that's the thing. Like everyone fails, right? I, I when I try to encourage people to like do stuff. It's like Mm -hmm. everyone, like Elon Musk has failed a million times. Ted Turner has failed a million times. Mark Cuban has failed, right? Like it's a Mm -hmm. necessary component of success, right? It's like trying to make cake without flour, right? You can't, you can't do it, right? No one just goes hits home run after home run and, Mm-hmm. you know, it, and, 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 and the idea that you have to be perfect, I think is also a bit paralyzing, right? You've got to sort of shed, I think that mentality, right? It's not oh, yeah. perfection kills us all. It's like, not going to, just... it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen, right? It's unachievable as they say. And, and you, you and the whole thing about you have to set achievable goals. If perfection is your goal, you're, you're absolutely you gonna not get there, right? <laughs> you're just, you're not going to get there. Um, did you, I mean, I'm assuming, and again, so here's another question for you, because I think, obviously, you probably had some fear, right, as you oh, guys yeah. were outfitting buses and stuff, even though it outwardly didn't appear that you had any. That's also, I think, for me, a little bit. But, like, for me, what do you think gets, like, what everybody, so that's the thing, everybody has fear. So for the people that right. can get past it, like, what do you think it is, What what about the makeup of their personality allows them to... to to overcome it,
1: that's just a fascinating to me and we were talking about this around the the table last night and for me the people well everybody has fear we all have fear right it's it's a protection it's healthy it's it keeps us alive all the things but i i grapple with is there a difference between fear and being afraid right and and so the people that to your point earlier you're talking about fear of failure fear of not being perfect and all these things it's the people that don't aren't emotionally tied to rejection or aren't emotionally tied to all right that didn't work i'm a piece of shit as opposed to that didn't work hmm i wonder why maybe if i try it this way it, they're just not it doesn't lock them down and i'm not saying that's the way i've always been i've always been a pansy for the most part but uh <laughs> You know, just, listen, if you get knocked down enough, you get stabs on your knees, it does not hurt anymore. It's uh, like yeah, yeah. get up. We do give a shit, right?
0: Or so. my experience is maybe I can amend that a little. Um and, and this is also sort of something that's directly correlated to which you may or might not know this and my listeners do, but in two thousand and eighteen I was in the hospital for four months. Um was. and just about just about checked out. Um uh, real quickly, I had a I had gall I got diagnosed with gallstones, and okay. I um scheduled my surgery to go in and have my gallbladder removed, which is you know super common, right? Like thirty percent of the country or something has had that surgery. Um, and a gallstone actually got into my bile duct and my comp- pancreatic duct, and lodged itself there, and um, it caused a backup of like bile into my liver, pancreatic fluid into my pancreas. Um in about one in ten cases, so nobody can ever say I'm not lucky, um, your pancreas instead of just inflaming and sort of freaking out, which is dangerous all by itself, it actually started to necrotize um or die and the dead tissue starts to fall off as it dies, and then that creates a blood infection and sepsis. So, um I was septic, I was in a coma for a minute, I you know, at one point about ten days in, um, that my doctor told my best friend that it was about a 50, 50 shot on whether or not i ever woke up. And, uh, I had about, I was blacked out or have no memory of about a seven week. That first stretch. Like I remember getting off the ambulance at the hospital where they took me. And then I woke up at Emory, which was not the hospital I went to originally. And, uh, about seven weeks later and then was in the hospital for another two, two and a half months. And then was in recovery at home for, um, I guess, maybe another four or five months. I was 240 pounds the day I got sick and I was 158 pounds when I got out of the hospital. Uh, so, um, it, that is a, you want to talk about an event that will modify your perspective um, yeah. on things. But to your point, uh, the, that's a, and people that listen to this have heard that story before, but, um, for me, when you're, you're thinking about pain, um, it, about scabbing your knees. I mean, I think that it actually doesn't hurt any less. I just think you learn how to tolerate it, right? It's like you learn, you learn how to cope. Like, I don't know the intensity of the pain, but when a while, when pain is your default state and you know that it's not going to resolve itself without time Mm -hmm. and the process of healing and, or whatever that process is, your mind, which is, the most powerful instrument on the earth is people's brain, sure. right? right? Um, it just starts to it, like, and I use the term force of will a lot, which is what I talk about with people that want to create or to do something they're scared of. Is like, it's like forcing yourself to take a step, right? It's you can do it, right? Like you, you're, you can tell your mind to put this foot, a foot and a half in front of this other foot right? Like just, I'm talking about the physical act of walking. It's just an electrical signal where your brain says, put that foot there. And you just extrapolate that out. That's like, if you're standing on the edge of a zip line and you're afraid of heights, it's just, you just step off the platform right now. I don't want to simplify it so much because I understand that conquering fears is hard, but I do think if you, if you, if you tell, if you give your brain commands, right. and, and, Mm -hmm it will eventually build itself and reprogram itself to allow you to do those things. Right. I, I just, I, I don't, and I'm not a bio, I'm not a, a biochemist or a neurologist okay. or any of that, but I, I, my experience tells me that you can rewire um, some of these things that, you know, pretty much anything in your brain other than basic biological function, you know, you can't make yourself, have a feel 45 inch vertical leap or, you know, be able to breathe underwater. Right. But if we're talking about like, just, you know, your approach and your mental approach and your ability, I mean, I just think all that stuff can be, all that code can be rewritten to put it into a nerdy tech term.
1: For sure. It can be. What was through your whole process? What was your hardest day? (sighs) If you can remember,
0: there were a lot. Um, I, I think, um, you know, the the reality is, is when I came out of it all, it wasn't hard because I was kind of confused and right. you're just trying to process what was going on. I mean, the one thing that I think was the most shocking to me um, was so I couldn't really walk either. And, um, you know, the the at, towards the, the end of my hospital stay, the physical therapy people started coming to try to get me to And I had a walker, you know, and, and it was just be like, hey, walk from the bed to the door of the room. Then it was right. like walk from the bed to the door of the room to the chair that's across the hall. You know, that sort of thing. Well, they at the end they were like, let's let's do let's go try to do some stairs. And in my mind, I'm like, What do you mean? Try to go do some stairs. And um we went to down the hall and I was able to get all the way down the hall and there were, you know, stairs up to the next level. And mind you that this is rooted in, you know, I don't know how much you know about my backstory, but I was a college baseball player. Um, you know, I'd been an athlete most of my life. Um, and, and the thing about athletics, especially playing at a high level is, you know, your body's an instrument. I trained it, you know what I mean? I got to a point where I could use it. I had complete confidence in my body, right? Like I felt like if it was a physical thing, I I was going to be okay, right? Like I felt like I was strong, I was agile. Um, so I went and I put my... I put, I remember I put my left leg on the first stair and think about this as a human, like how many times you've walked up and down a flight of steps, right? Right. Right. You take it totally for granted. And I went to push up. So all you do, you know, when you put your foot on the step in front of you and you, and you put pressure and you flex the muscles in your leg and up you go and then you do the next step. Well, I went to push and there was just nothing there. Like there was no, there was no power. There was no strength. There was no nothing. And I couldn't get up one step. And Damn. that is a weird feeling. Um and I remember like going, I can't do it. And it was almost incredulous right at first. Like I was like, how's that? It's like and I honestly thought, is this a medication I'm on? How could I possibly not be able to and then they got me back to my room and I laid down and then I thought about it and I was like, oh my God, like I've lost Right. Like, I mean, of course it was just from atrophy and, you know, not, and just being prone for so long, but I just remember going, I've lost control of the thing that I always had to fall back on. Right. Like my body Mm -hmm. was always there for for me. You know what I mean? Like it was always something that I knew, whether it was opening a can of pickles for your girlfriend or being able to pick up a heavy box or being able to go play flag football, like football on a weekend or do whatever. It was just always there, and that was gone, right? Just yeah. totally gone. And that is a that was probably the weirdest. I mean, at that point, I was like, "Oh man, this is not only is this extraordinary, but I've got some work to do." Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's wild. That's wild.
0: So that, that I think
1: about. I think about how how do we grapple with aging. Right. Because eventually we're going to lose all the things we can do the longer we're alive. And and how do we prepare for that mentally, which is something it sounds like you've kind of been through a little bit.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it the, and, you know, one thing that helped me not go completely insane um, was <clears throat> my father had passed away about uh, four years before this all happened. And that was actually the event in my life that made me where I had to address the idea of mortality, which I sort of think every human goes through a point. I don't think people think about it realistically until something, I mean, I'm sure there's an exception to this, but my experience tells me that there's usually an event. Most people just ignore mortality and this idea of we're going to die. Right. Until something happens and you're like, Oh, Oh boy. Right. Like my time is finite. Right. Um, um, so honestly, like for me and my doctor even told me this, um, I thankfully didn't have to go through the mortality mental, you know, uh, obstacle course after this, because I already did it, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, the death of my father. So I, I, I didn't have to come to the realization of it. I do think you start thinking about it may happen quicker than you hope. Right. And then we, then certain things we have very little control, but That really, I think I would have probably been gone insane if I was also when all this was going on, thinking about death and aging and dying and, you know, all these things
1: heavy stuff, man. That's some heavy stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, and so I don't mean to get, you know, but, um, but, you know, but I went through a lot of therapy. Like, that's why I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, and I know people bristle, but like counseling, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like I had a professional help me in the wake of my father's death deal with sure. um, you know all those things because it did start to impact my life it almost you know cost me my marriage because you know it i think when you're in those states the people closest to you get the most of the punches now, i mean i never physically hit my wife but you understand what i'm saying like you you when you're sad and depressed and all that you tend to lash out and the people around you just get caught in the wake of it you know and sure. and so uh it, it was very difficult and, you know, but I got through it and it took a while, but, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, that's, but, I, but I had already addressed that, but now, you know, and I've got a new, uh, and again, just about force of will, like I have a new life that I have to adjust to. Right. So, you know, my pancreas eventually just disappeared. So for those of you who don't know, the pancreas does, I mean, that is your insulin provider, right? So I'm effectively now a type one diabetic, right? I can't regulate my blood sugar. I have to do it with medicine. So, um, and that's in every, I mean, I take, three, four shots a day. Right. Like I do it when wow. I eat, do whatever. And, you know, people are just like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, but to the point earlier about, y- you know, the pain, it's the pain's the same. You just, your brain becomes a you know, your brain re- rewires itself to be able to deal with it. Um, same thing. Like I don't think about, I mean, I'm happy to be alive, right? Like if the trade off yeah. is taking a, like giving myself a shot or two, that's a pretty good deal. Right, like
1: <laughs> I say to your point, human beings are amazing at adapting. Right, like we're going to adapt if there's a virus and the economy shuts down. Well, you're going to adapt if whatever happens, you're going to adapt. And I found that most prevalent when you know we were traveling through some crazy West Africa and Yemen and Libya and some of these crazy places. Right, and these people have nothing. I mean nothing. And they're just as happy as we are, if not happier in my opinion, but Mm -hmm. you know, they just adapt and, 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 and live. And, and to your point, it's like you adapted to to these circumstances, giving yourself a thousand shots a day, (laughs) which is insane. Um, but you know, if it needs to be done, you do it. Right. And then it, You just adapt to
0: it. Yeah. Well, if you want to succeed, I mean, and you know, and that's the thing, like whether it's not physical pain or emotional pain, like I think that most, you know, the way I describe it is to most people is, is most things, if you want something, there's a briar patch in between you and that thing. So you're going to pick up some thorns right on the way. You just Mm got to prepare yourself, right? It is not going to be smooth. I mean, it never is. Buddha's
1: life is suffering. (laughs) Yeah. pretty, Pretty much,
0: man. It's not easy. I mean, so, you know, and, and, and the reality and you're naked. So the other caveat to that is, is you're not wearing it. So if you're going to go through that, but you're fully exposed, right? So if, mm-hmm. but you just got to steal yourself, you know, to what's to come and, 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 and acknowledge the fact that the thing on the other side of the briar patch is worth it. Right. right. And, and, and if it's not worth it, then maybe that's not a pursuit, right. That's, worthwhile. This is when you get into like, you know, risk mitigation. Like that's the whole thing is like, what's, what's the risk reward on this? What's the, is, is the, is the, is the the reward worth the effort, worth the thing? I mean, I think everybody in every decision they make has got to figure that out.
1: Yeah. It's complicated being a human being. I don't know if you've come across that
0: (laughs) slightly. (laughs) Um, It becomes less complicated as you, you know, well and more i mean here's the thing we are
1: full of shit it never comes less complicated
0: (laughs) you're right let me let me rephrase it's just as complicated but i think we we start to construct tools for us to be able to deal with you you know what i'm saying like for example if someone here here's your example if you go buy some shit from ikea and they don't put that shitty little wrench in there that you need well the level of difficulty of getting that you know table put together is increased by a factor of 50 right it's impossible it moves into impossible but if you find that tool it all of a sudden becomes reasonably simple um assuming you can read the instructions which are yeah. which are ikea instructions are another thing that i just the world would be better without it that's all i'm going to say um <laughs>
1: Put but everybody with a virus and a Nike and just lock them in yeah, there. Yeah, for real.
0: But you know what I'm saying? Like that's what I mean. So like you got to, that little Allen wrench or whatever it is. Like you got to find if you don't have one, you better, you got to better MacGyver the shit out of one.
1: Yeah, better create it and your Swiss Army knife of life.
0: Yeah, and Ooh, figure okay. out how to do. But that's but that's what you know. But I think that's aren't you know, and maybe I don't know. I don't think everybody thinks about it that way. But I do think you have to people should be more recognizing or should recognize more that you're building tool, you're, you know, you're building a tool set, you know, then it's constantly growing. You know, you're, you're officially an old dad, right? Where it just starts out where you've got a hammer and a thing in the garage. And then by the time you're 50, you've got like a mortar board, a pestle board, you know what I mean? Like with all these tools hanging out and you got shit everywhere. That's to me, that's what life is like, man, build out that tool set. Yeah, I'm down. Do you have a big tool set? Please (laughs) tell me you have a big tool set. I don't. I mean, again, my tools are. More of the digital variety. I have a big digital tool because, again, with the technology, I think I have a comparable level inside of sort of all this yeah, man. foolishness. But physical tool, I'm not the most handy, much to my wife's chagrin. I'm not the most <laughs> handy dude when it comes to stuff like that. Hire um, experts. Yeah. Well. Tire therapists. Hey, man, TaskRabbit gets a fair amount of my attention. There you go. I don't know if you've ever seen TaskRabbit.
1: Yeah, I, I use one of those for some of the rental properties that I own, which are a nightmare. But yeah, get the folks <laughs> over there fixing some odds and ends.
0: So, along these lines, I mean, we've sort of touched on this. And, you know, now with what you're doing, um, y- you know, this life coaching. And so, so first, before we talk about what you're actually doing, these things you're doing with coaching and your 30 day adventure, which I want to get in exactly what that is in a second. But, what was the genesis of, the, of of this stuff? Was it like other things you just like just happened upon? Like, hey, I think I've learned enough now to where I can, you know, collaborate with people and 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 create some. Yeah, business?
1: for me, man, it's just I see a shiny object and I want it. Yeah, right. I, I don't. Most people are intelligent enough to process risk, reward, return, profit, all the business stuff, but. I go after things that capture my attention, capture my curiosity. And I guess you would say in the books, I'm passionate about. So, you know, every dude wants to own a bar. So I got into the bar business. You know, every day you know, I wanted to entertain people. So I got, I was a mascot for a while. And then I, I've eaten out every meal of my entire life because I love restaurants. So I wanted to own a restaurant. So I weaseled my way into a partnership to own a restaurant. So, So my path has been, you know, I, I am going to do what I like to do good or bad, right? It's, it's good. I've never had a corporate job and that might be a detriment to me, but I've always done these crazy things. So now I'm at a point where I've sold all my businesses and I have to start over and I'm helping people now, which is really creating a lot of fulfillment and, 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 it's really my passion. And so I'm creating these op- these opportunities and experiences like the 30-day adventure you mentioned earlier and some some group coaching stuff uh, where I infuse kind of my principles that I've picked up along, along the road of life that I think really help people get unstuck and, and do things that they just never thought they could do. Right? Because I never thought I could do any of the things I've done. And then lo and behold, it happens. And you're like, holy shit that's so fun and amazing. So now I'm just trying to help people kind of get onto their path and figure out exactly what they want to do.
0: So have you found one of the things that's interesting to me is, is that I think it, this happens more later, but I think earlier on in my career, like things that I achieved right to your point, like buying a bar it and it's now that you talk, it's kind of interesting, like how parallelly I think are, that's not a word. But yeah, it is. just made it's it an hour parallelly. Uh, parallelly, our life, you know, sort of is in a sense that the, did the bar thing. Um, entertaining was the same way. That's when I decided to start playing guitar, you know what I mean? And sort of playing out in front of people for a long time. Um, but I don't think at the time I was self aware enough to think, oh, I want this. It's a process. I was just like, oh, well, I kind of want to do this. And then, you know, and, and you sort of do these incremental Things, but I don't know that I was completely aware that I was going. Like, like I think I was going through a process. I wasn't aware I was going through at the time. I was just doing. Sure. And, yeah. I, yeah. Hundred percent. And and now though it's more right as I do like the pot. I'm more intentional. I think maybe that's the word
1: about well, it's what like I'm doing Like when people now. stumble upon something they like, they just like it, right? Sure. Like you, you, you like music, and so you stumbled upon music, and you're like whoa. This is kind of cool. And then you start thinking about it a little bit more and then you think about it a lot. And, and that's just kind of the path to purpose and passion is is trying a million things. And one of them is just going to light you up for some reason. We don't know why, but it is. It's going to be your be alignment with it. So to your point, I agree in the, my 30 day program that I started during the quarantine because everybody was locked up and about to lose their mind and. <laughs> a lot of people were coming to me and saying, you know, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do and the, this and that. So I created 30 days of 30 different things. If I can get you to do 30 different things, something in there is going to light you up and you're going to keep doing that for a long time.
0: So, 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 so very specifically, cause I want people to understand and I will include the links to this and to Trey's information in the description of the podcast. So you guys can all find it. Um, so 30 to exactly, what is it? You people sign up, um, and they will then get a daily task. They will. I mean, tell me how it works. Yeah, man.
1: It's like, it's, so it's 30 days with me every day. People get an email with my dumb jokes, some profanity (laughs) and probably, and a daily challenge, a daily, what I call the daily adventure. You can do the adventure. or You don't have to do the adventure. It doesn't matter to me. But if you do them all, it's going to push you. You're going to get embarrassed. You're going to get scared. You're going to get curious. There's going to be some introspection, some writing exercises. But like today's adventure was shoot a video of yourself singing and put it in our WhatsApp thread. <laughs> right. Just anything. I don't care what you sing. You can rap. You can do anything because it pushes people to get scared and just do it because it doesn't matter, right? Like no one's judging you. Just fucking do it. And then when these people do it and they put this little singing video in a private thread with 30 of us, they're like, oh my God. And it just builds something in them, right? But it's just fun, whimsical things like that that kind of push us a little bit out of our comfort zone and open up the world. And I'm, it's just a lot of fun for me.
0: And so. it, like that example in particular in singing, I'm just guessing, but it feels like that it's amazing how that exercise um, can yield different because the funny thing is, is, is if you're terrible, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a terrible singer, you're going to see in that group, like, Oh my gosh, most people are terrible. So why Mm -hmm. was I so worried about this? But if you're, if you're not terrible, then other people will go, Oh wow, dude, you can really sing. Right. Like so it it feels again for it being safe, like no matter where you land on the spectrum, you're gonna be fine. If you're not so good, you're gonna look around and go, Well, I'm not alone. And yeah. if you are really good, you might go, Oh wow, I didn't know I was good at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a funny story. There's a guy that was in my group not last month, the month before, and he's a Hawaiian guy. He's a tattoo artist, he's an extremely talented person, he moved to Georgia and trying to start his own business and and going through this and he's had a lot of anxiety lately because of the shutdown and his business and everything so the singing came up and he dropped in a video of him playing the ukulele and singing some song and when he used to live in hawaii he used to sing for the tourists and he's an amazing singer right so he drops this video in our little whatsapp thread and everybody's like holy shit man you're an amazing singer and he messaged me later and he's like, I haven't sang in 10 years hmm. because I just didn't believe in it. And when I did that, like all my anxiety went away. And now he, now he does it, you know, regularly just for himself, right? So he found it again. And it's little things like that. If we can create interesting experiences for people in a fun way where it's not all heavy and tell me about your feelings and sit in the chair <laughs> and all that stuff, then I think we can find the light, you know
0: yeah no doubt um so sing for me right now (laughs) uh no although i do i do have a so again about things like putting yourself out there um i did start a little youtube channel a few weeks ago where i've thrown up some songs where i sing and play the guitar and um and uh it started is believe it or not the first one was Bill. and this happens a lot but bill withers passed away a, a while ago if you recall Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I'm a huge Bill Withers fan And you know that's believe it or not Like because I love music that always feels like That's a lot more fatalistic of it Like when somebody I like passes in a musician And I go oh my gosh they'll never Like that's it we have their body of work It's over right there's yeah. Nothing new Um, yeah. I feel like the uh, I deal with Some sense of loss right like there And so just out of Like I wanted to just play a Bill Withers Tune right? And that's what and I did that. And then a buddy of mine's dealing with some health problems, and you know, he and I have played guitar together a fair amount, and I did a song that he likes, and sort of just like, it was almost a message to him, but I just put it out there for public consumption, and it just sort of becomes this thing. And now, that's sort of morphed into, much like you, I'm sure, like because of the weird nature of my life early in my career, like being in the music business, bar stuff, I have a lot of stories good you know i have a lot of stories right just uh, interesting things that's the other thing too that's great about this sort of attitude i think of just go get it and even in failure because at the very least in a failure you have a terrific story and yeah and and i started now this i'm i'm kicking around this concept of story and song where i kind of go can tell a story, a funny story, an interesting story, something I've experienced that people might be interested in and then have a song that's either directly related. Like maybe I met the artist, for example, um, or there's a life thing that makes me think about or a song that relates and then attach that and make that just like a little, you know, just a little, again, little five minute piece of content, six minute piece of content. um, That's out there for, for other people to see, but also for me to have, You know, the, honestly, the big driver for this podcast for me, um, and I'll tell you one more quick story that might be relevant for what you do and, and come around, but the way the podcast was born, um, are you familiar with Kevin Smith, the director that did like dogma and clerks and chasing Amy? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, go ahead. So I went to see him do a one man show and, and I expected him to be funny. I knew he's not a comedian, but I figured he'd just tell stories because of all the stuff he's seen in the movie business and he, he did, but he did this really interesting thing. And in his when sure he sticks mics in the crowd and he talks for like 10 minutes when he starts, but then he just lets people ask questions and he just riffs for a couple hours. And, oh, wow. um, and so he's a guy that basically is like, Hey man, me and my buddies went and shot a movie for like 10 grand, you know, uh, clerks. Um, because we just wanted to make a movie you know, there were no yeah. dreams of anything. And I have, and now look at me, I have a career. Cause we just were fucking off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing this thing. Um, but the, but the big takeaway, I, I wasn't expecting that thing, seeing him to be a motivational, you know, type thing, <laughs> Right. but I right. came away from it where he basically said, he goes, listen, he goes, here's the deal. He goes, if you feel the urge to, cre- cause obviously people that go to a Kevin Smith show are generally creatives, right. Because they think of him as a filmmaker as a, and he goes, look, if you want to make a movie, if you want to write, if you want to write articles, if you want to write a book, if you want to write a play, if you want to make music, if you want a podcast, if you want to do whatever, you have to do, you, if it leads to something else, that's awesome. And you you can, but if it doesn't light you up, if it's not something, like if you're not creating because you have to, mm-hmm. then you know, the creators create, if you go into it going, I want to write a movie so I can make a million dollars, it will suck. Right. Like that cannot be your primary motivator. It's got to mean something to you. Um, and then if it does mean something to you, it doesn't matter if no one reads it. If no one listens to it, the process has got to be the joy. Like the joy has got to be Doing it oh, yeah. and then having it, right? So for me, the podcast is one of the things I said, just sort of looking at society today with technology and looking at like, this was exactly my thought. If aliens landed on the earth a thousand years from now and we're all dead, right? We're long gone. The earth, Humans have killed themselves. Um, and they find an old hard drive, right? And they manage to get access to like somebody's Instagram or Facebook page they're just going to see pictures of people like their food, their face in front of a monument. Y- you know what I mean? Like duck face, like a meme with factually inaccurate information. Like, you know, just <laughs> all the stuff that we, you know, put out there and they're going to go these vapid assholes. Like what in the world? Right. Were they going? Like, and we can, and I understand that's very easy to capture, right? You've got a phone. It's, you know, pink, you know, snap, snap, easy. But for me, I feel like what we're doing right now is, to me, what excites me about life. I like talking to people about all manner of things, right? And I feel like that our interactions with other people is what helps construct our social and personal DNA. And we don't codify that at all, right? Like, we don't don't capture these things. We, we take pictures of ourselves and our dogs and babies and shit all day long, but we never record conversations. And what is more uplifting, enlightening, um, educational than just two people rapping. Right. And, yeah. and I'm like, I want that. And even if nobody listens to this, and like I said, at least eight people will listen to this, um, <laughs> worldwide, um, all over the place, um, from Smyrna, Georgia to college park. Um, <laughs> um i have it and i can come back to it and i will listen to this and go i really enjoyed that i learned something today right i learned several things today about myself about trey about the world and that that how much that has so much value yeah
1: and it's fun and it lights you up i mean i can tell it lights you up right we do we do art and we do we're creative because we have to create Human beings, everybody creates. We have to. And so that's where that's where the juice is.
0: Right? Yeah, no there's no doubt. So outside of the 30 day adventure stuff, what else? Like it's it seems like you're doing some coaching. Like tell me about what else yeah. you're doing.
1: That's a perfect segue. I'm talking about doing hard things and creating and so th- basically all the stuff in the past, the mascot stuff, the businesses, like I said, I find something I like and I just do it. I've never, it's always to me kind of been easy, right? Like I want to own a coffee shop. All right, well, let's go figure out how to own a coffee shop or want to open the bar or start a party company or a crazy bus company. That's all been easy and then entertaining people has been easy. But the only thing for me and to your point a second ago when you're talking about honest, real conversations between people. The hardest thing in my entire life has been love. Mm. I have It's just been a complete nightmare for me. And so the past nine or 10 years, I've been on this mission to figure, figure out love. And I have a book coming out in December, my first book, which is crazy because like when the first time you ever played music, it probably you were just Going bananas with your nerve. That's what I'm feeling about this book (laughs) for a million different reasons. But I have a book coming out and it's all about me looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Like, through my travels and some interesting people I've met and the stories I've gathered, and, and what I've found is it's actually easy, right? It's easy. And it's just blown my mind. So, you know, my hardest challenge in my life is is this journey to love and as cheesy and weird as that sounds, that's, that's been my path. And so I have a book coming out in December, unless the publishers are like, this guy is insane. Do not, (laughs) we're putting it out. We are putting it out. I'm going to teach the world how to love. And then I'm going to teach you how to love. And then I'm going to, I don't know what I'll do after that, but yeah, man, I'm excited about that. And, and I've learned a lot and I can't wait for that new chapter of my life to start up.
0: Well, if you can crack that code, uh, <laughs> easy, man, Love's um, easy. You're uh it took me a long time too. And I got extremely lucky. Um, yeah. but, but, uh, what's the title? Have you, is, does it have a title yet
1: working title right now is love is easy nice. looking for love in all the wrong places. And the whole, the, the theme of the book was, through my travels through West Africa. And I mean, I've interviewed a homeless girl in Nashville who has a story that will completely destroy your heart to, you know, I sat in the room with a 103 year old man and asked him what the secrets were. And so I've gathered all these stories and and kind of put some different perspectives on it uh, and putting it all in this book. So, I'm excited for it to come out. But I will tell you this, Sean, because we're best friends and you (laughs) and your readers need to know this. When I was in high school, I failed every spelling test I had. (laughs) Now, when I was in college, the only D I ever got was in English. So I cannot I've never been a writer like this. The only thing that I'm extremely terrible at (laughs) And then I started blogging, just like you started podcasting, and that has kind of been fun. And so now I'm writing a book because it's, it doesn't make any sense, so I'm going to do it, right? And that's what we need to do. We yeah. need to do that stuff more often.
0: Yeah, put a little pressure on yourself. Is, um, yeah, a little. Yeah. Put, yeah. Put little, just, yeah. Pressure, pressure makes diamonds, as they say. Right. Or,
1: or it'll crush you. One of the two. But it, if something's going to happen It's going to be interesting.
0: Well, yeah. and the other thing, then, this is more something I learned from the sort of corporate world that I've taken away is um, the other thing about yeah. these sort of mental pursuits um, or, you know, aspirational pursuits. I mean, this isn't universally true because... Um, th- there are certainly outliers to this that fall out of this category. Like, for example, I wouldn't recommend going and jumping out of a plane if you don't know how to pack a parachute and understand the safety precautions and such. But one of the, th- when I actually started my professional career and I was selling and I got some sales training and, you know, like most people, I like, ca- like cold calling someone is such a, a an uncomfortable, weird thing. And there's fear associated with it. And people still to this day can't do it. It's why salespeople make a lot of money ones that just sort of have very little inhibition around that, right? The, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And one of my my mentors still to this day, who was one of my first bosses said, he goes, Hey, man, look, I've been doing this for 20 years. And I've never seen somebody hang up the phone and have a bloody nose. Yeah, And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, you can't get hurt, right? Like it's, you're, you're, you're making this into a thing, Like, Physic, you'll be fine, right? Like you can't yeah. break, break your leg. No one's going to punch you in the face. Like, y- you know, and it's sort of these things like we generate this fear, but what's really worst case scenario? Like, you spend an hour writing and you reread it and it's not very good. Well, uh, all right. I mean, (laughs) what's the, uh, I mean, you know, okay, well, we'll try again. and It'll probably be better. Right. Cause I've now gone through the exercise of doing it once and Mm -hmm. you know, and you sort of just, you, you build incrementally from there, but you're not going to hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Like physically, physically at least. I just think that, you know, I've gotten to the point where it's all perspective, right?
1: You know, and I say, life is a struggle or it's an adventure. Choose. Just choose. Just choose. Like, if it's a struggle, it's a struggle. And then struggle through it. If it's an adventure, then it's an adventure. And everything's an adventure, from writing and putting a blog out to taking a cold shower to having a hard conversation. They're all adventures, right? To your point, you're not going to, for the most part, unless you jump out of an airplane with a no little parachute, but you're not going to die. So, like, let's treat life as an adventure and see the beauty and find the fun as opposed to oh, everything's hard and a struggle and this and that. So for me, it's been a big perspective shift and I'm just trying to make the most out of it and, you know, touch a few people along the way and have some fun. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's also, you know, and another thing I, I say often is, you know, if, if time is currency and it is right, Mm -hmm. you have to elect how you spend it right? Mm -hmm. Um, one, it's the great equalizer. Like I, my bank account is just as big as Bill Gates in when it comes to time. Now it's not equal in a sense that, you know, we could die, which we've talked about, or, you know, you certainly have things you have to do, right. Whether it's sustain yourself, support your family, but, um, taking away the unknowns cause most of us don't have control over that part of it. Like we did we don't know right? it's an unknown, but you, you've got I, the next 10 seconds. I've got 10 seconds from now until the next 10 seconds. And so does Bill Gates. And so does you. And so does Warren Buffett. And so does Dave Grohl. And so does everybody else. And we all got to make decisions about how we're going to spend that currency. And you know, my whole thing is, is like, if you're spending it, like spend it on stuff that you, you know, that matters to you, right? Like that's, that's the, that to me is like just just get there, like just start there. Just make a conscious decision to go. I got some time this weekend.
1: What am yeah, I? What my do I, what my do I goal do? is more of what I like and less of what I don't like. <laughs> That's right. right. That's it. That's just the fucking goal. More of what you like and less of what you don't like. I mean, you're always gonna be stuff you don't like. You like, I'm sure you don't love brushing your teeth or whatever, but fuck it. Some stuff you got to do. It's more <laughs> of what you like. You know, I think as we get older, we kind of (laughs) figure that out.
0: You do. Oh, another side note. Talk about things you take for granted. Like when I was first in the hospital, I think it was – I went three months without a shower.
1: (laughs) Have you started back? I'm
0: back up to about once every two weeks at this point. But I think that's that's more quarantine-related than anything. My wife's making me sleep somewhere else in the house. I don't know if that's why. But –
1: all uh, the
0: positives. All yeah, the positives. No, but that was a, talk about extraordinary, like something you never imagine. And again, that's probably relates to the world, right? And you think about sort of as Americans, like how we're different or whatever. And honestly, like I'm a fairly liberal cat, right? And I the I think about these things, and you know, my more conservative friends like to make fun of me about it, but um, you know, like I I my wife, who's well traveled, obviously having been a reporter at CNN now for. 30 years or whatever it is. Um, like we wash our butts with water that people in places in this world would you know what I mean? Like that, that like they're walking three miles to get water to sustain their life. And we're standing in a shower and it just washes up, you know, so you can be clean and smell nice. And that's like such a crazy juxtaposition. You know what I mean, and I'm not suggesting that we should give up showering or we should somehow be ashamed of, you know, our station in life. But I do think it's important to maintain perspective, right? And to go, hey, man, like that's pretty yeah. good, right? Pretty lucky, right? I'm yeah. not, I like, I seriously can wash my body with more water than some people have in a week to drink. Yeah, I mean that's a yeah. that's a crazy thing to think about.
1: No, I agree. I agree. So I agree, we need some shifts
0: so we're, we're right at about an hour that's how much time i add. i could honestly talk to you for hours i mean like i can think of a hundred other things
1: Just come down to mexico we'll hit the beach drink some mezcal and we'll just record 12 hours of this thing
0: yeah well i i don't know that i can do that because the other downside of this thing is being immune compromised so i'm a little more conscious about being out and about with all this nonsense going on um yeah, me-
1: compromise just means you're scared. Didn't we just talk about overcoming your fears?
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Except for that. I think that's, I think that's closer to jumping out of the plane with no parachute than just sitting down and writing a story that I was afraid to write, but
1: well, we can agree to,
0: <laughs> but, uh, but at some point my fear level on that will decrease to a point yeah. where, uh, you know, I, uh, and you may be back from Mexico, but, I would love to do this again at some point. And I do want people to know how to get in touch with you. So I mentioned I am Trey.com. Um, yep. I I will include that in the description of the podcast. Um, is that the best way to find you? I'm assuming there's some social media angles and such. Um, yes, I'm
1: actually a member of some social media
0: apps. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this social media before? I, only in principle.
1: I'm a lifetime member of the Facebook <laughs>
0: okay.
1: of the tick TikTok, which is my new addiction and the most fascinating app in the world. Um, and the Instagram, which is a picture taking app mm. for your, for your listeners. Sounds but yeah, tra- Trey goes global everywhere. I am Trey or so just Google me.
0: Sounds progressive. Yeah. You being a it member is. of all these apps. That's right. Um, and, uh, this is cool stuff. Um, I, I, let's talk again at some point. Do it, I'll,
1: uh, I'll, we'll do part two sometime and get down into the nitty gritty. Who, if you had to bet a hundred thousand dollars right now, who do you think is going to win the presidency? Uh,
0: Joe Biden. Yeah, me
1: too. I think so. Man, I'm not. I'm not into politics. I don't know much about it, but I do like gambling.
0: I stop. So, I, I do too. I play a lot of poker. Um, I, I, um we could have a whole other conversation, not even political about that. But I mean, I've, I used to be super engaged in politics and I've totally backed off it because it, it, again, like where you spend your time, I found like it was doing me yeah. more damage than, than harm than good. Right. Um, like having Facebook fights and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know though, man. I mean, the world's weird. And, uh,
1: and I'm a weirdo. What a perfect segue.
0: Yeah. And also if it were up to me, I would here's what I'll say to that who I think's gonna win. My overarching thought of then is I wish we had better choices. Can well us-
1: Kanye is gonna win. So
0: well uh if, if he does, it better be free Yeezys for everybody. <laughs> if he runs on that pla- if he runs on that platform, then um uh, we'll be all good look everybody thanks for sticking around with us as always um uh feel free to comment if you have questions you can obviously send those over as usual um trey goes global on your social medias my twitter is at sean atl um the podcast is tmipod.com it's as you know this if you're listening but it's on all of your uh podcast platforms um if you found this in a weird spot it's on apple spotify etc cetera, etc cetera. um so uh come see me stick around for one second Trey. but i do appreciate you coming around and best of luck and you've always been a um inspirational to me from afar just from your just from your just willingness to go get it so hang on to that it's a it's a it's a cool thing
1: thank you sir and thanks for having me on the podcast man that was fun
0: roger that all right my friends thanks everyone and as always until next time press on (laughs)